Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 105. This week, let's talk all about my just-finished cruise aboard Royal Caribbean's Freedom of the Seas. So much happened on my seven-night Eastern Caribbean adventure, and I want to talk about my experiences on board, exploring the new changes, what I did on the islands, two weddings, and a whole lot more. I'll also be answering your questions, so here we go. I'm just a couple days removed from my Freedom of the Seas cruise, and you know, one of the things we love to do in this podcast is talk about our cruise experience. And if you listen to episode 103, you would have heard my cruise preview about Freedom of the Seas, and boy, we had a lot going on with this. We were really excited for this cruise, and I gotta say, off the bat, two things. Number one, if you're wondering why I sound weird, it's because I'm using a different microphone. I'm actually I'm not home yet. We're traveling a little bit this week, so I'm using my mobile studio, which is code for my laptop and my headset, but a little different. And the other thing is, of course, we had a great time on board. The uh, The Freedom of the Seas cruise was just really a, a tremendous experience. I think we all had a great time, and you know, there's you can, you can do all the plenty you want in the world, but at the end of the day... It's about you get on board, and a lot of it is you know how things are executed. There's a lot of surprises that come on board, and I think our family really had a, a fantastic time. There was just so much that we did, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that as we go forward, but I want to put it out there that we really had a great time on board the ship. Now, let's start with our embarkation process and kind of the beginning of the cruise. Pretty simple. We were actually able to get on the ship in Terminal 1, which is the brand-new terminal that's built in Port Canaveral. It's essentially closer to the where Port Canaveral's inlet lets out to the ocean, so it's a little further away from the old cruise terminal and where the other cruise lines also dock, but it's a beautiful terminal. I think I really like it. I really enjoy that the parking facility is adjoined to the terminal, so what I did was I was able to come in there, drive in, drop off my wife and kids, drop off the luggage, and then just drive around, literally it was like almost like a glorified U-turn, and was able to go park the car, come down the elevator, and it was really simple. And then on the flip side, when even probably more important, I would say, when we came back from the cruise, the porters that we were able to use were able to go in the elevator with us with our luggage, go up to the car, and literally brought the luggage to the cars, whereas in the old terminal, I would have had to probably gone out to the parking lot, you know, walk, literally walked out there, brought the car around, waited in all the traffic of everyone else trying to get in there, and then brought all the stuff. Then Porter probably would have been gone by that point. So it really, I love Terminal 1. I think it's aesthetically pleasing. It's very nice. In fact, I think it looks a little bit nicer from, again, from a just purely aesthetic standpoint than Cape Liberty, which is also a new cruise terminal over in New Jersey and Bayonne. So I was able to kind of compare and contrast them a little bit. So I really liked it. I thought they did a good job with that. Obviously, getting on Freedom, it's kind of funny. I released the episode, episode 103, on Wednesday, last uh, two weeks ago. And what happened was, literally the day I released the episode was the day there was, you probably heard about this, there was a fire on Freedom of the Seas. I'm happy to say, I'm not going to go into terrible detail, but I'm happy to say that the fire did, had zero impact on our cruise. It was just kind of an interesting day that day when that happened, but I think it generated a lot more news buzz because of the fact that it's a fire in a cruise ship. This happens with a lot of you know publicly facing, very popular tourist destinations, but Nonetheless, it had zero effect on the ship. So happy we were able to get on board, and 
really there was we were able to really get going from from the get-go and as i mentioned earlier in the intro we were actually going to two weddings on this cruise we did a wedding on freedom of the seas and a wedding at coco Cay. the first wedding which was on freedom of the seas and it was held in the star lounge this is a change of venue i know they changed the venue i think a couple of times i wasn't privy to the details but it was a nice little ceremony it was really quick i mean the whole thing was over in from vows to cake in probably about 30 minutes or so maybe 45 minutes and the reason for that was was the wedding had people that were on at the wedding who were not sailing with Freedom of the Seas. So they only had a limited amount of time for those people to be able to join. It was kind of cool because they were able to bring people who were not sailing there so they could have a larger group. But it came at the expense of having a longer ceremony. That being said, it was quick, it was simple, and you know it wasn't terribly... Uh, long or anyone felt like they were really trapped there. It was interesting. We were able to get on board nearly among the first groups on, on Freedom of the Seas. We were escorted to the Star Lounge. The wedding wasn't until 12.30 and we had gotten on board about 11 and so we were able to basically say, well, as long as you're back here by essentially 12.30, you can go wherever you want. So, of course, we went up to the Windjammer at our traditional first meal there in the Windjammer. A wonderful meal. And you know, we were able to explore the ship a little bit. I was worried we were going to be stuck in the Star Lounge until 12.30, just, you know, wait, literally waiting around. But that wasn't the case at all. And, you know, the other good thing about having a wedding on board Freedom of the Seas, especially during the summer, is that it's air-conditioned. And that made a big deal. I think that really made a difference because, as I'm going to tell you in cocaine just a little bit, you know, you're going to a wedding, you're going to be dressed up a little bit. For men, that's wearing, you know, pants and as opposed to shorts, you know, you're you're dressed for the occasion not necessarily the weather and so that worked out really well i thought and having an indoor wedding really i think benefited everybody all around now the wedding in coco Cay, coco Cay was our first stop uh, it was on day two and we were told we grouped up in the tenders took a tender all of us over there but it was just brutally hot in 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 Coco Cay that day. I mean, it was just the sun was shining, which is always nice. But, you know, when you're wearing, again, I was wearing actually a golf shirt and, and, and golf shorts, essentially, you know, nice khaki shorts. And it was, but I was still dying. I mean, it was just, it was really hot. The location was interesting. I thought originally it was going to be on the beach, but what they ended up doing was they have a special location far away from the beach. In fact, it's, there's a little trail if you've ever seen i'm not sure if you've ever taken one of the excursions on coco Cay, but there is a where there's a little path that extent that goes out from the essentially the beach area and it's where it goes past the where the crew members that actually work on coco Cay. there's people that live there they have royal caribbean's built these essentially dormitories over there there's a whole facility uh, anyway it goes past that it's probably i want to say i'm going to say it's a half a mile it might be even a mile i'm not even sure uh, away and you go up this road that's there's actually it's interesting because this whole road you can actually walk there there's all these like exercise areas i guess it's for people who really want to like you know get out there and and you know maybe do some exercising and running and walking power walking whatever the case may be anyway we get out there and there's this little area i would say there there's rows benches and and chairs and there's a little covered area where obviously the ceremony is going to take place i would say the whole place can probably accommodate oh i would say let's say 30 people or so at the most. And the thing is, it's completely uncovered. So we're sitting there, we're literally baking in the sun. It was a beautiful ceremony. I thought it was a great backdrop because behind the where the ceremony's taking place, we're kind of almost on a cliff. That's the best way to describe it. It's not really a cliff in the sense of a wily coyote cliff, but you know, it's it's a 
large area, and if you go beyond too far, you're going to fall into the ocean. Anyway, so yeah, the ocean is the backdrop, and Freedom of the Seas actually is right off, probably off center a little bit. So made for great photos, no question about it. So again, if this were a different month of the year, it probably would have been a little bit more enjoyable, but. It was a neat backdrop, no question about it. I mean, if you're looking for which wedding had better photos, I would probably say Coco Cay had better photos because you have a much better backdrop than, say, the Star Lounge. But that being said, we were much more comfortable in the Star Lounge, so it depends what you're more interested in. And I would probably argue that if you're going to have a wedding Coco Cay, which is not a bad idea, consider the month of the year so that you're not, you know, you and your guests are not dying out there. Nonetheless, we still had a great time. Let's talk about Coco Cay. I'm not even, I'm, we're not even going to touch free in the seas for a second. Let's talk about Coco Cay. Royal Caribbean's private destination there. After the wedding, we bolted back to the beach to be able to change and, and enjoy the, the ocean. And Koke is interesting. It's a tender island. And I've said before on the podcast, I'm not a huge fan of tendering in general. It doesn't matter where this is. It could be Grand Cayman. It could be Belize. Same for Koke. The problem with tendering is it just takes a long time. And it, it you know, compared to being able to dock somewhere, you know, I... To me, it sours the experience just a little bit, unfortunately. But once you're on the island, it's great. We walked considerably far to get to a nice open area of the beach. One thing I've noticed is that there's no people that are working on the island to sell you, or not really sell you, but set up your chairs and umbrellas. In fact, there are no umbrellas to rent. Unlike Labadee, where you can tell someone, hey, I'd like you know, have a chair here, and they bring the chair for you, and then they set up an umbrella for you, and it costs you a couple dollars and a tip, and you know, you're on your way. Uh, here, it's basically grab your own. We were lucky enough that we were able to just find two chairs, dr- literally drag them underneath some trees, and we were okay. But so one thing you need to keep in mind is there's not a whole lot of shade in Coca-Cola. There is shade. You just have to kind of look for it. It's definitely not going to be on the beach. It's going to be a little back from there. But we we were quite happy just being kind of a little further back under the shade. My four-year-old daughter went to Adventure Ocean, which is going to be a theme you're going to hear a lot about on this cruise. And me and my wife and my six-month-old just kind of chilled out in the back. We went into the ocean, obviously, a little bit to kind of uh, so we cool off. Man, that felt so good after that wedding to be able to get out, you know, just hop in the water there and just relax a little bit and we it was a nice relaxing day we didn't spend a whole lot of time because in the wedding between the wedding and all that we probably didn't get to the beach until oh 11 30 12 o'clock or so so we didn't have a huge amount of time on the island but it was still nice to be able to get out there in fact the one mistake i made and i hope you can learn from my mistake is about let's say 1 32 o'clock there were these clouds coming very close dark clouds coming to cocaine and we're like my wife and i was looking at us and we're like okay we probably should get back to the ship before a huge downpour comes and everybody else is flocking to the ship. All right, sounds good. So we rounded everything up really quickly. I grabbed my daughter from Adventure Ocean. We went back to the ship, you know, waited for the tenders, and we ran into the longest line humanly possible. Two things that were a mistake. Number one was there was no rain, so we probably got into a line that we didn't have to. And number two was, as I realized looking back, when we finally got to the point of getting on the tender, was that there was absolutely no line behind us. So one tip I would offer is if you get to the tender line, and there's a huge line, and you still have a couple hours left in Coco Cay, you know what? Get out of the line and go do something else. Go sit at the bar, go back to the beach, go into the gift shops. I don't know what it is, but if I could go back in time, I would have forced myself to say, Matt, get out of this line, go do something else for 30 minutes, and it'll be worth it to you. And I wish we had done that because it was a miserable time waiting in that huge line, and we could have avoided it. That was the really, I think, the lesson to be learned there. So keep in mind that, as long again, unless it's like the last, like, you know, this is the last tender, you got to make it, okay, that's a different story. But we had plenty of time, and clearly it never rained, and I should have judged that at some point, but like, okay, the rain isn't coming, we should probably now go do something else and let this line die down. 
alas, we didn't do that. Uh, so that was probably the only mistake. But otherwise, it was a beautiful day. Very hot, which has the benefit of making the water very nice. So, you know, it, it certainly was a, per- a good beach day. Let's put it that way. So let's go back to Freedom of the Seas and talk about some of the onboard stuff that we did there. First of all, we had reserved two staterooms, connecting staterooms on Deck 7. This is a wonderful idea. This is the, one of the best things I had probably done. Originally, we had booked one stateroom, and we decided, you know what, with with two kids... In one small interior stateroom, not really a great idea. Let's spend a little bit more money, and it was a little bit more money. We're essentially doubling the price of our stateroom. Let's let's do that so we can we can enjoy <laughs> essentially the week there. And it was a great idea. The staterooms were, themselves were small, but combined together, it really gave us good separation. The kids were in their own room. We had two bathrooms. That was huge. I got to tell you, having two full bathrooms, you know, two showers. It made a huge difference. I never felt like we were really competing for, you know, oh, I gotta wait for the bathroom, oh, I gotta wait for the shower. None of that. It was great. And on top of it, we were able to put the kids to sleep, uh, you know, at a certain time, and then me and my wife were able to do other things. I was able to do my blog. I usually was writing my blog later at night, so I wasn't keeping anybody up. I was able to read the cruise compass in peace. We didn't have to worry about the lights being on. It was wonderful, and the kids slept beautifully. Evidently, my kids sleep really well when you're in complete darkness and, you know, and, and total air conditioning pouring down on you. They just sleep like babies. So, in fact, one of them is a baby. So, it was wonderful. That, that was a great choice. We had a great stateroom attendant. And, you know, I enjoy an inside stateroom. One of the benefits, again, is the sleeping. I love that pitch black air conditioning flowing on you and I sleep like I sleep wonderfully. So I really enjoyed the the room. It was small, no question about it. You know, but and one of the things about an a connecting stateroom is that there's two things. One for I noticed about night two or three, there's no table in the room. There's no little coffee table, which is good for me because I think I've mentioned this before, you know, in some other episodes, one of the problems with this with these tables, I always run into the table in the middle of the night. I, I don't know how it always happens, but I always run into it like kind of almost like Dick Van Dyke in the Dick Van Dyke show, except I don't flip over it. I just hit it and then rub my leg for 20 minutes because it hurts. Anyway, no table, so there was nothing to run into, although I did, I think I ran into a chair at one point. And the other thing is, there's no couch. You only get a little chair because you need to be able to free up the space in that connecting door. So I don't think either of them was really a big deal. Just worth mentioning in case anybody's you know interested in, in doing that. Nonetheless, it was a great little room, so we enjoyed that. And... In terms of what Freedom of the Seas offered, there was just a lot. I really felt like going through the cruise compass every day, there was just a ton of events going on. And in fact, many times I would see an event, I would see another event, and I'm like, oh, which one was I going to do? And it was always kind of a frustration in that because I want to do it all and I, can, and I can't. And along those lines, one of the things that I kind of realized about, especially I'd say halfway through the cruise, was I wasn't doing a lot of the activities. And it kind of bothered me, but it, it, but it was okay. And the reason was because we were doing family stuff. You know, my my four-year-old loved Adventure Ocean. She was in the Aquanauts, which is the three- to five-year-old group. Let me tell you something. She loved being in there. She never wanted to leave. In fact, when we got to St. Thomas, she she didn't want to come with us. She stayed in Adventure Ocean the entire day. Not a planned thing. But look, this is how she wants to spend her cruise. This is what is fun for her. I want her to have that fun. And... We did take her off on St. Martin. Don't worry about that. But she had a fantastic time. She enjoyed the Adventure Ocean in Coco Cay as well. So, you know, I was happy, A, happy that my daughter still enjoys Adventure Ocean just as much, if not more so, than on our last cruise with her on, on Navigator of the Seas. And second of all, it's a huge kudos to the staff there in terms of what they do at Adventure Ocean, the programming, because it held her attention the entire time, and she loved it. It seemed like there were, there were a ton of kids, and... They all seemed to enjoy it as well, so it was it was quite nice. And then 
certainly it was a, it was a pleasure to, to have that. The, of course, we were, were I mentioned there were a ton of kids. We're cruising in the summertime. And one of the things if you're taking a Caribbean cruise in the summer is you got to be aware of two things. A, it's going to be hot. I already mentioned that about Cook, okay? The other thing is there are going to be a lot of kids. Now, to me, it doesn't bother me. I have two kids of my own. I'm, I'm, I'm part of the problem, so to speak. So I'm used to seeing other kids. It doesn't really bother me all that much. Uh, you know, were there a lot of kids around? Would you walk around and see a group of them together? Sure, absolutely. But everyone was well-behaved. It was fine. I, I don't think there was any real problem. But there were certainly, I noticed there were more kids than our cruises in February or September when school is in session and a lot of families are not taking cruises. So interesting dynamic in that regard. And kind of along the lines of Adventure Ocean, we also did a lot of time in the nursery. And the nursery is the Royal Tots and Babies program. It's a, it's a pay program where if you have kids that are younger than three, you can drop them off there. It's $8 an hour. And I'll tell you, that service is worth its weight in gold. I, I gladly pay with a smile every time. So one of the things you can do is you can reserve up to 16 hours of cruise time that you can reserve in advance. Now, you can always drop off kids if there's availability otherwise, but you can reserve up to 16 hours. So day one, we get to the nursery. We went up there. We reserved our 16 hours. We preferred to reserve time in the evening during dinner. We, My wife and I would rather have a dinner alone where we can enjoy it rather than in the middle of the day. I mean, whatever, you know, if we're at the pool, kids can come too, right? I mean, what's the difference? So, I, although I think a lot of people are actually doing daytime stuff. Nonetheless, we were able to reserve a lot of time, which essentially covered most days. There is a one rule, one caveat to this rule, and that is if you're reserving time for uh, during your cruise of 16 hours, you can only reserve one formal night. So we reserved the first formal night and left the second formal night open. But we, we had great luck with this. First of all, the staff was amazing. They took our kid who, my daughter is mostly easy, but when she gets tired, she can be a fuss. But nonetheless, they we never got a call, which is always a good thing. She was sleeping. I, you know, She seemed to enjoy it quite a bit. They always mentioned that she was happy when they were holding her, when they were playing with her. So that's always good. And... The other thing was we had a lot of luck with getting additional time. I remember, you know, for the the day before the second formal night, we knew we didn't have anything booked. Said I asked them, I said, "Is there any possibility? You know, maybe can we walk up and, you know, like get a spot?" And they had said, "You can try." One of the things they, two things they recommended. Number one, they put us on a waiting list, and number two, they said that we should call in advance to let you know see if there's a spot open. Anyway, fast forward to night number two, we're already reserved. We're we're, we're thinking we're going to have the, the, the six-month-old with us. And I think a couple of hours before, uh, let's say, 7 o'clock or so, we were in second seating dining, my wife got a call on our stateroom, and it was from the nursery that they had, a, they had a spot open, so we were able to take advantage of that. It was wonderful. And, in fact, many times what we would do is we would drop off the kid and ask, hey, you know, we only reserve this till, you know, let's say 10.30 or 11. Can we reserve it longer than that? They were happy to oblige. So wonderful staff really did a good job, and it was worth every penny I paid for that thing because <laughs> just to have a little bit of alone time with me and my wife was, was wonderful. We were able to enjoy our restaurants, and boy, it was a great time. Restaurants. All right, let's talk about that next. So we ate the main dining room, and we were in second seating dining. We were all the way over. Uh, if you walk into the dining room, we were all the way over on the left. We had actually our own table, a table of four. Two of the kids didn't show up because they were our kids, and they were up in the Adventure Ocean in the nursery, but we had a table for four literally against the window. It was the first time I think we've ever had a, a table by the window. It was great. We really enjoyed it. It was it was a, definitely a nice view. And in summertime, remember, the sun doesn't go down until, you know, like 8, 9 o'clock these days. So it was nice. We were able to enjoy the view as opposed to cruises, you know, again, in February when you can't see anything past, you know, 5.30. So it was a neat little uh, trick there. And the other thing was we had a really good time. I mean, our staff was great. The waiter and assistant waiter were very nice. They were... Uh, 
about what we expected. They were they the best weights that we ever had? Probably not, but they were so really good. The food was, you know, it's the main, it's the menu that we've had now for a couple of years on Royal Caribbean chips. One of the things, the, probably the best night was Italian night. I forget what they have like different themes. Like there's like basil and and. Uh, 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 <laughs> different. I'm, I'm struggling here with the names. There's different uh, ingredients. So every night has a, a different theme to it. And essentially, I think colloquially we all call it different things. So there's Italian night, there's seafood night, whatever. But they have different, officially they have different names. Anyway, the point being, whatever Italian night was, that was the best food of the whole main dining room cruise, in my opinion. I had amazing food there. I was. They had a lasagna. They had an eggplant parm. It was excellent. Really enjoyed it. And I think. The food in the main dining room essentially ranged between, I would say, okay to excellent. Nothing, I don't think there was anything that was really, quote-unquote, bad that I enjoyed. Like, you know, if you take if you try something you never had before and you don't care for it, that's, that's a different story. But I think there was one thing I thought that was, you know, just okay. It was all right. I didn't really enjoy it. But I think most of the food was somewhere between good and, and very good. Uh, you know, they were all... We enjoyed our food, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. And i said this before, food is so subjective. I mean, what you find really tasty, I might hate, and vice versa. So, who knows? I was able, for those keeping score at home, to ask the head waiter for a Indian dish every night, and he was able to oblige, no problem. It's actually funny, because I asked for the dish, as per usual, said, hey, you know, can I get an Indian dish? Uh, I asked on, on night number one, and so that way, for all subsequent nights, I was able to get it. But the head waiter, I think, mis- not misinterpreted, but he ended up bringing one for me and my wife. My wife does not really care for Indian food. Now, I wasn't going to complain because I essentially got two helpings of Indian food every night. So let's just say I did not go to bed hungry any of these evenings. Um, now, in terms of the specialty restaurants, we went to Sabor, of course, my favorite restaurant on Navigator of the Season. We went there for a lunch once and for dinner another night. We had pre-booked the dinner, but the dinner wasn't until like night five, and I... By like day two, I saw my wife. I was like, "I gotta go. I need. I need to eat sport. I can't wait until my five. So we booked a lunch. It was great. Really, uh, really impressive time. The dinner was definitely better than the lunch. I think the reason was I ordered poorly during lunch. I ordered the empanadas during lunch, which I didn't love. But during dinner, a I discovered the the ahi tuna tacos, which are amazing. I think the next time I'm going there, all I'm eating is guac, salsa, chips, and ahi tuna tacos. They were just phenomenal. Really, really good. And then I also got the Red Snapper the second time at dinner, and the Red Snapper was, again, a very good entree. I highly recommend all of that food. The guacamole, I give you the – this is what I'm calling the Matt Special. When you order the guacamole, you ask for, first of all, an extra helping of guacamole. Ask for more avocados so you can they can make more of it. And ask for some extra lime juice. I, I just like lime juice. I think it's a nice touch. It's a, it makes the guac a little bit better, in my opinion, so – we asked for that, and the guac came out even better. Anything was possible. It was wonderful. Really, I mean, everything lived up to the expectations. You know, when you go for a while and you talk about it and you think about it for a while, the hype in your mind kind of builds it up. And this was not the case. The, the hype, the <laughs> the hype was not overhyped. It was wonderful. We had a fantastic time. And the other thing I want to really, really recommend, also, if you're in, if you're into drinking, of course, first of all, the handcrafted margaritas are always good. That was something I probably talked about before. But the tequila flights are amazing. I mean, I really never had tequila that of that quality before. There, of course, is a surcharge to that. The one, the horizontal, there's a horizontal uh, flight and a vertical flight. Don't ask me what, why one is called one or the other, but the horizontal, I believe, is the better of the two. It's the one actually, it costs $3 extra, but in this case, it's worth it. I, we had a phenomenal meal. It was, I think it was one of the best meals we've had in a really long time on any Royal Caribbean ship. So, Sabor, 
two thumbs up with guacamole on my thumbs because and me licking them because it was amazing. We went to Giovanni's table for lunch one day. Excellent meal as well. A lot. Of, I think here once again, I, I didn't order very well. We had other people on this cruise who had they claimed phenomenal meals, but they eat a lot more seafood than I do. Uh, so there's that. But still, very very good. The lasagna is amazing. I really love the lasagna at Giovanni's. And I, there's something about the sauce and, and their, their meat sauce, essentially. I don't know what it is. It's really, 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 really good. So I really liked it there. And it's I enjoy the lunch view. It's it's really nice. So, And the other thing, when you're talking about lunches, by the way, the cost for lunch and versus dinner is, is cheaper for lunch. In fact, whereas Giovanni's Table and Sabor cost $25 per person for dinner, at lunch they only cost $15, and even Chops came down from, I think it's $35 for an adult for dinner, and it came down to like $18, $19 per person for lunch. So if you're looking to try these restaurants, they're ver- virtually identical. There's a couple different changes, minor changes. I actually asked in Sabor about the changes. There's like one or two different menu changes, but it's essentially the same thing, and you can really enjoy... You know, if you're looking to save some money, that might be a good way to do that in order to uh, avoid those higher uh, dinner costs. But we really enjoyed that. I we we thought about going to Chops. We didn't go to Chops, and you say, Matt, what are you crazy? And the answer is yes. But I, I don't know why we never got around to it. I think we were we well, for one thing we ate at Sabor a lot. Then we had Giovanni Sable, and we just kind of I don't, I don't know. I we've eaten at Chops many times before on on Freedom of the Seas and on other ships. So I took a break for this one, but now I'm talking about I really could go for chops and I wish I could go for it right now. But I would everyone who ate there, we had a lot of friends who were who in the in our wedding group that ate there at Chops and they said it was phenomenal. Amazing, really, really good. So it was it, it sounded like it was good old chops. In terms of activities, again we didn't do as many activities, as I, and this is true of every cruise. I have this kind of complex where I always aspire to do all these activities and never do as many as I would like, but that's because I think I realize I just enjoy the cruise experience. I love my favorite kind of day. Let me explain my favorite day in the world. My favorite day in the world is <laughs> probably the kids off in Venture Ocean, but it's going to the pool deck, getting some nice chairs in the shade, somewhere shade. I don't need to be directly in the sun, but somewhere within them. Shade, a breeze. A boat trick in my hand, the live band playing at the pool with my view, I have a view of the pool, and then probably me falling asleep. That was the best day possible, and that's happened, that happened a couple times on this cruise. And that's that, to me, is more fun than the belly flopper competition or, or ice skating or whatever the case may be. I just really enjoy that, and I think I've realized that despite the fact that I read the cruise compass and I find so many interesting events to, to see and look at, we do go to a fair amount of them. But it's never as many as I would like. But then I realize, you know what? It's because I'm still having a good time. And I don't need to necessarily be, be at everything as, but to, to have that good time. But that's my idea of a good time. I know that there's other people that enjoy going from event to event to event. And there's a lot to choose from. And I think that there was a really good selection of them. So, uh, you know, it really stood out. I really enjoyed everything that they had over there. I, If you wanted to actually... If you haven't already, you should probably pause this podcast or go after this podcast and go to royalcaribbeanblog.com. I'll put a link in the show notes to my live blogs. I did a lot of them out here. And my day seven blog, I did kind of this whole bolded list of all my kind of random thoughts about the cruise. And the best events that I went to, first of all, the best show I saw, without a doubt, was Once Upon a Time. It's the evening show. It's it's the featured show on, I forget what night it was. But we saw this. Basically, it's ho- it's uh, Hollywood. It's children's stories, classic stories like Cinderella, Rapunzel, the Red Little Red Riding Hood, set to modern music. 
And this, I went, my wife said, wanted to go to it. I said, okay, I think I've seen this before, actually. Now, I got to a certain point, I think I said to myself, I think I've seen this. But nonetheless, I, we went there, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was phenomenal. I thought the music selection was really, really good. I thought the acting was really good. It was really entertaining. I really, it was my number one show without a question. Really, really enjoyed it. Other good entertainment on board. The karaoke on air, in, in the on-air club, Never. If you're looking, if you're if there's an evening on Freedom of the Seas, and this is probably true of any ship that has the on-air club that does karaoke. I know the Oasis class has them. I'm struggling to remember if Quantum class has it, but nonetheless, if there is a karaoke bar, I know it sounds kind of hokey. It's like who goes to karaoke? I definitely do not go to any karaoke bars on land. Nonetheless, it is a great source of entertainment, no matter when, because some people are really good, some people are terrible, some people know they're terrible and still sing anyway. It's it was always a good time in there, and they had a great vibe. The other big thing that was really nice was the was the trivia. I am not a huge trivia buff in the sense that I go to, you know, there's some people who go to every single one, but I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed just sitting at the schooner bar, which was packed, by the way, with people who really enjoyed doing it. And I just like playing along in my head. Almost like, you know, when you're watching Jeopardy at home and you're just sitting there with, you know, you're sitting on your couch, you know, and you're just like, you're leaning back and you're thinking, you're, you know, you just yell at the answers. Not that it matters, but that's essentially how I kind of played. And I really enjoyed that as well. And the other thing I really enjoyed on, on this, on Freedom of the Season, this is probably true of other ships, but, I, you know, it, it came to mind when I was on Freedom, is the live music. Royal Caribbean, I really feel, does a, a tremendous job, an underappreciated job with their live music and the entertainment. They they really put a lot of live music throughout the day. Not just, I mentioned the Pool live band, which was amazing. There was a, it was a band called Caribbean Force. They did a great job. They were play. they basically covered a large gamut of songs. It was just the perfect kind of music for the Pool, essentially. But you go anywhere. I mean, in the main dining room, they had a guitarist who was really good at, you know, it just sets the mood. The Star Lounge would always have some live music. There was one evening there was a swing band, and another evening they were playing rock songs. And I love what they do with live music on, on these ships. The the Once Upon a Time show I mentioned, there's a live orchestra in the pit. It To me, it adds a, a je ne sais quoi that it just adds a different dimension. And if you're going on a roller coaster ship, whether it be Freedom of the Seas or any ship, do yourself a favor, go seek out these live music because they are really good. And I, I love the atmosphere. I think it sets a great tone for it. Uh, some other things that are new to Freedom of the Seas, at least new since its refurbishment in earlier in 2015. Went to the R-Bar. I've talked, I've waxed poetically, in fact, about R-Bar on Navigator of the Seas, and it's a wonderful addition to Freedom as well. They have a great, what I love about it, first of all, I learned one thing. Number one, the drinks at each R-Bar is different from Arbar to Arbar. So I actually went into Arbar the first time. I was like, okay, I'm going to have a, I think it was a Raspberry Ricky was the drink of my choice on Navigator this season. They looked at me and said, we, we don't make that here. And they explained that the drink menus from ship to ship or from Arbar to Arbar are different. And that was kind of interesting to me. So I said, you know what? Make me whatever floats your boat. Just surprise me. And they, they had A, a really smart staff. And the bartenders were really good. And B, they came up, they, they were just really good at, uh, they're really talented. They were really good bartenders in the sense they would talk to you. They were very nice. They were. It was just a wonderful. It was a pleasure to be there, and we ended up going there many, many times. So again, if you're going to, if you're looking for the best bar on Freedom of the Seas, in my opinion, it's our bar. Uh, if you want drinks, if you're looking for an experience, if you're looking for you want to be somewhere to be somewhere, probably the best bar is going to be the Schooner Bar, especially the evening Schooner Bar and the English Pub Bull and Bear 
excellent places. The Bull and Bear has live music during the evening, and Schooner Bar has trivia mostly. And there is then there's piano playing at, in, in the end and at night, and it's they put on a, a tremendous show. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was just wonderful. So. You know, it's it's kind of weird. You know, we did a lot, but we didn't do a lot. If you if I were to come out here and list out all the activities I did on the cruise compass, I'd only come up with a couple. But the fact is, we I felt like I still did a lot because we were going, you know, and we were enjoying different bars, we were relaxing, and uh, you know, from the family standpoint, we really did a good job. Uh, okay, what else did we do on the ship? Well, let's talk about the other uh, islands. I remember even talked about Coke. St. Thomas. We ended up doing, we did the Sky Ride, which was a really good, cool thing. Basically, it's this, you take this gondola ride, I don't call it that, and it takes you from the from the ground all the way up this mountain. I think it's called Paradise Point or something. I think I read that. Anyway, it takes you up to the top. It gives you a tremendous view of the harbor. It's great for photos, no question about it. And you can, again, check out those live blog posts. You can see the photos from there. I'll post a, a full review of this shore excursion later on. Uh, it's $20 for an adult, $10 for a kid. It's a little, you know, thereabouts uh, it, you know it was cool it was a lot of fun would i do it again probably not i think the price is a little high to be able to do it again certainly not again on my next stop there maybe a little you know in the future but uh it was definitely cool to do and i would recommend it if you've never done it before and the best part about it is it's on your own so you can do whatever you want we went on straight there to do it but you could do it you know later whenever if there's no set time you just get a ticket and you just show that to them and they'll bring you up there this one we booked through royal caribbean very simple and it, it was it was a nice little thing to do, and, and we were happy with it. Then we went into town, did some shopping, bought my wife a nice necklace. So, yay, Matt, got some brownie points for that. And then we went to a beach. We were originally going to go to, I think it used to be called uh, Lindquist Beach or Lindquist Beach. It changed names. Anyway, the cab driver talked me into a different beach because he said to me, he says, this was already like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. He's like, listen, all the beaches here on St. Thomas are beautiful. I can bring you there. I'm happy to bring you there. But I can bring you to a beach that's a lot closer. You'll be there a lot quicker. It'll cost you less money. And I guarantee you you're going to love it. So we're like, all right. Well, in the, the, he sealed the deal by saying, look, I'll bring you near it. There's a little outlook. You can overlook it. If you hate it, I'll bring you somewhere else. No problem. No questions asked. I said, okay. You know, it sounded fair to me, right? We went to this beach called Emerald Beach, which is actually near the airport in St. Thomas. There's a Best Western, essentially, that's, that's literally right on the island. But what was great about it was, A, there was no one there. I mean, there was only the guests staying at the hotel, and there weren't that many. Because, again, summer, off-season, so it was wonderful. No cost to get in, no cost to use the facility. So we were able to go use – there was a palapa. There were beach chairs. Didn't cost us a dime to go there. There was a nice bar, right, located there. The water was beautiful. He's right. I mean, <laughs> these island, these beaches are, are are lovely, and we've been to Saint, we've been to Megan's Bay so many times. We wanted something different anyway. So for our purposes, it was fine. I think it was it was beautiful, and you can see see the photos again. Go back to RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, check that out, and you'll be able to see the photos there. But you know, it was it was for what it was. It was great, and we really enjoyed it. It was kind of interesting. It was almost like Maho Beach Junior because we got there and we're, you know, we're sitting around. All of a sudden, these planes are taking off. These jumbo jets. They're literally, I would say. They go off behind you probably less than half a mile. I mean, the, you, you're, A, you're going to hear them. B, you're going to see them. They don't go over you like Maho Beach and St. Martin, but it's it's still kind of cool if you're interested in planes and adds a little dimension to it. So it was nice. Not not terribly big waves. Unfortunately, my six-month-old daughter was not exactly cooperative that day, so it didn't work out too well in that regard, but we st- it was still a beautiful beach, and we had a good day in St. Thomas. St. Martin, I talked about this before. We essentially rented... A uh, or hire the services of a local driver there. His name is Leo Brown. Leo has was someone that we found on one particular 
trip to St. Martin a couple of years ago, and we've used him ever since. He's wonderful. And I'll, if you want to explain why is Leo so good, Matt, let me explain to you. I'm going to give you a story. We He drove us from the from the ship. First of all, we got there, and we were uh, hungry. He brought us to a nice little re- uh, hotel, and they served up a nice breakfast. But, we ate there. but anyway, the, the reason why Leo is so good is we went from breakfast to the beach, Legallian Beach, which is a perfect beach for kids, by the way, if you ever want to go there. Uh, it's the best beach for kids, no question about it. Anyway, so we get to the beach, we set everything up, we're at the beach, and my six-month-olds are getting fussy, and my wife says, oh, she's probably hungry, let's we make her a bottle. And then we realize we, she forgot bottles. We didn't, we didn't bring any bottles. We have everything else. We have the formula, we have the water, we have everything else we need to make a bottle, but we forgot the actual bottles. What are we going to do? So, of course, the first thing on my head is, all right, I got to go back to the ship. I'll let them stay here. But even so, you know, round trip, that's going to be, I'm going to say... If I'm lucky, 45 minutes, and that's 45 minutes of my six-month-old screaming probably her head off because she's hungry. Anyway, as soon as Leo heard this, without batting an eye, he said, you need bottles? I'm going to the pharmacy. I said, oh, okay. First of all, A, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go with you, and or I'm going to give you money. He bolted before I could, A, go with him, or B, give him any money, and he refused to take any money afterwards for it. And he went to the pharmacy. There was a pharmacy somewhere. I don't know where he went. Came back. He didn't know what to buy, so he bought two kinds of bottles. Game to it. I mean, this is you know without thinking, and this was so that way. A, I I didn't have to waste my you know part of my day driving around going to get bottles, be it from the ship or from a pharmacy. And he just he did it without even. It wasn't like he was doing us a favor. To him, it was like if, if he wasn't there and I was going to do this for my family, that kind of feeling. And that's just the kind of service that we love about him. And and he's just wonderful and uh, you know if you want to use the services I highly recommend them you can send me an email matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com I'll give you his phone number I don't like to post the phone number or say his phone number it's personal information I don't necessarily think it needs to be out there but if you want I'm happy to email it to you and you can uh, use the services I know a lot of people have done it so far and he's a very just we had a phenomenal time there it was great weather we ate we swam had a great time in St. Martin so overall really what a wonderful cruise. I mean, Freedom of the Seas was just beautiful. It lived up to every expectation we had, and, and then some. It, it, I think we really had a great time on there. I would recommend it without a doubt. It was a wonderful cruise. I think we just, you know, <laughs> it flew by. I can't believe how fast that cruise went by. And, you know, it was just a wonderful time uh, on on board the ship. And everyone had a great time. My wife had a great time. My my kids had a great time. And it was just, it's amazing just you know how each time we have such a good time on these on these ships so highly recommended and it was a wonderful time there and of course i also want to make sure i i say a big thank you to each and every one of you who sent me comments on royalcaribbeanblog.com on twitter on facebook on instagram you know i was posting these photos and, and these live blogs and so many of you sent me some you know had questions or had comments and i love that we could have this back and forth together about my cruise and it, it really made it fun for me. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And you guys made my cruise better for it. So thank you so much for for doing all that. It really made a, a big difference. And I, I want to make sure I recognize that effort from all of you. So I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to my next cruise. And we'll have more details about that probably coming up in a, in a couple months here. So looking forward to it. Thank you all.
All right, it's time to answer your listener emails. Before we do that, of course, I want to make sure I recognize people who leave reviews on iTunes. It's one of the easiest ways that you can help this podcast out. And if you take the time to write the reviews, I'll take the time to read them. We have a great review today from Hayden's 2012 who writes, I'm taking my first Royal Caribbean cruise in September with my beautiful fiance for our honeymoon on the Freedom of the Seas, and we cannot wait. Being the planner that I am, I immediately started searching for information. I found this podcast, and I searched no further. Thank you, Matt. Your information has helped beyond belief. Wow, what a great review. Thank you so much for the compliment. I really appreciate that. And thank you to everyone who's helped this podcast out today and, and all the time since. I mean, it's it really has helped out quite a bit. And you guys really make this podcast so much fun to do. All right, speaking of you, let's jump into your emails this week. And our first email is from Karen, who writes, Hi, Matt. We're cruising on Freedom of the Seas in May, and I have a question for you. We've been to and love the Rainforest Room on the Disney Dream, and want to know if Freedom of the Seas has something similar, and if so, if they have a cruise-length pass that, like Disney offers. So the answer to that, I'll actually ask specifically for you, Karen, and I think some others have a similar question. And the answer is, unfortunately, they don't. The They have a thermal uh, spa, essentially, I think is what Royal Caribbean calls it, but they're on the larger ships. On the Oasis-class ships have it, and the Quantum-class ships have it, and they do have a a weekly pass or a daily pass like you mentioned that something that I know the Disney Cruise Line offers as well but they don't have it on Freedom of the Seas or, or the Freedom Class in general so unfortunately you won't be able to do that sorry uh, Karen you know but hey maybe book a cruise on one of the uh, bigger ships or the newer ships I should say and that'll get you that that opportunity as well. Next, we have an email from Aaron Thomas, who writes, I'm so excited to find your podcast. My husband and I are taking our first cruise on Freedom of the Seas, leaving August 9th with the same itinerary that you just did. I really enjoyed your pre-cruise podcast and look forward to hearing about your experiences. I'm especially interested to hear about your excursions and definitely want to hear if there's any shade available on Coco Cay without cabinets or would they be worth a worthwhile splurge? So here's a question. Let's answer that part right there. So I talked a little bit about the fact that there's not a lot of shade. There's a lot of natural shade. Let's put it that way. Should you use the cabinets or can you do it on your own? We did was we pulled back the chairs to, there's a tree line essentially behind the beaches and we sat there and we were perfectly happy there. If you want to be more on the beach or closer to the water, you'll need to get a cabinet. I know that someone in our group had a cabinet. One of the people actually got married. They One of their gifts, someone gave them a gift, was a cabinet. And they said it was amazing and, and worthwhile and loved it. So I guess it's kind of a question of if you have the money to spend, yeah, it's going to be probably maybe a, a nicer little upgrade for yourself. But if you don't want to spend the money or if you're looking to save some money or just want to know what's available for you, you can absolutely go back. There's plenty of natural shade behind the beach just not shade on the beach i hope that makes sense there's not a, like there's no palapas or or umbrellas that you can use there so if you want shade you're gonna have to go back behind the beach to the tree line and then there's there's uh, hammocks and a lot of other available spaces to be in the shade there but again you need to uh be a little bit further back from the beach so that's kind of the trade-off so again if you want to be closer to the water go for the cabinet otherwise uh, you can easily find some space back by the trees uh, Aaron also wants to know, we plan to do some sightseeing in St. Martin, but haven't decided what to see yet. Any insight as to what a newbie should see while there would be wonderful? That's a great question. First of all, Aaron, I'm also going to recommend that you check out the episode I did about St. Martin. There's a lot to do there. So what should a newbie do in St. Martin? Well, I like to, again, if you want to get a little taste of everything, I would recommend getting a driver. I mentioned Leo Brown, but there's plenty of taxi drivers around the area that, that will do the same thing for you. What you're looking to do, some highlights. Okay, so first of all, there's some basics I think that are important to be able to do. I would, if I was my first time there, what I would do is I would go into town. There's a water taxi available from the port where the ship drop docks is not in town. It's about a 
15 minute walk, 20 minute walk, but you can take a water taxi for a couple of dollars and it'll bring you straight there. It's very easy to do. I'd go into Philipsburg, which is the town on the Dutch side, walk around a little there, get a little taste for it, explore some of the shops. I would spend maybe an hour doing that. Then I would take a taxi and go to a beach. You have a choice of being on the Dutch side or the French side. A lot of people like Orient Beach, which is on the French side. I've been to beaches on both sides. I talked about Legallian Beach, which is great for kids. It's just over the French border, but it's a nice little cove that has literally no waves, but it's perfect for kids. If you're looking for a beach because you're just interested in having, you know, I don't know, you're not interested in a kids' beach necessarily, Orient, uh, just tell the cab driver that any Orient Bay beach is, is fine with you. And, you know, if you want something specific, like you want to have maybe, I don't know, a waiter service, you can tell them that and they can recommend them. Because basically, it's a huge beach with a lot of different restaurants and hotels based on there, but you can go to access almost any of them. So I would basically go there, Orient Beach, spend some time there. If you have then maybe an hour or two there, go to Marigo, which is the French, I don't know, if the, I assume it's the capital, I don't know what you call it, but anyway, it's the main town there in, in, on the French side of St. Martin. We actually went to Grand Case, which is a smaller town before Marigo. We had a great lunch over there. But anyway, just go enjoy some local cuisine there. And then, have your driver rounded out by going to Maho Beach, which is the famous beach where all the airplanes land back on the Dutch side. And these planes planes will literally land on top of you. It's really cool. It's a, it's worth doing once. I don't think it's something that I would do every single time. In fact, I know because I didn't do it this time. But it's a, it's a neat little activity. And that'd be a good day. I mean, you're only spending, you know, you're getting a taste of everything, spending an hour here, an hour there, but that should give you enough time to get basically get a, a sense of where everything is. And that way, you know, on subsequent cruises, you can, you know, plan on spending more time at Orient Bay or more time in Marigot or more time in Maho Beach, whatever <laughs> floats your boat. That would be kind of the way that I would tackle it there, Aaron. So good question, though. I appreciate that. That's some good stuff there. Uh, next, we have an email from Barry, who writes, We love the blog Freedom of the Seas. As to what is going on, we're going on a 30th anniversary cruise on August 23rd, and I picked this simply because we honeymoon in St. Thomas. Also, was before football season, but not bringing that one up. <laughs> I'm getting the premium drink package for myself. Never got that before, and have been on many Royal Caribbean cruises to the Mediterranean, Eastern, Western, Caribbean, Panama, etc. Have you noticed if there have been any problems with the, oh, that drink is not included situations? Trying to figure out if it's worth the expense or just pay on board. So the answer is there's not a whole lot that's not included in the drink packages. Souvenir cups are not. So if you want to get the drink of the day in a souvenir cup, you can get the drink of the day, but you don't have to pay extra for the cup. But the drink itself, I mean, most drinks, unless you want really specific liquors that are really expensive, like if you're a Quavassier fan, that may not be covered in there. Uh, but if you're, you know, you're just saying, if you're the kind of guy who goes, I would like a pina colada, and you don't say, I didn't want a pina colada with, you know, this specific rum in there or whatever, it'll be fine for you. I don't think you have a problem with, you know, most, it appears like almost all the drinks are included with whatever package, you know, covers it. There are a few exceptions here and there, but they're very minor, and I think most people who order drinks have not really reported that there's not much that, there, there's a lot that's not covered. Uh, the issue really is just, you know, are you going to drink enough to make it worthwhile over the course of your cruise? Everyone can do it for a day or two, but again, remember, you've got port days, you've got, you're going for, it sounds like, I'm guessing a seven-night cruise, so it's a lot of days at sea, you know, that, that I, th- I think you got to figure out if you're going to make it worthwhile for for you, and just figuring out you know how much you have to drink every single day in order to make it worth it. That's really the question you got to ask. But I wouldn't worry about what's included or not included there. Good questions all around. I appreciate everybody taking the time. I know this episode was really long, and I hope that's not a bad thing because <laughs> I get carried away talking about taking these cruises and I had a great time. So, ah, man, it's back to reality, I guess. And but hey, we got some more podcast recorded in between until my next Royal Caribbean cruise. So, thank you all for the wonderful emails and questions. And of course, if you have an email, 
and you want to ask me a question about taking a Royal Caribbean cruise, or perhaps you have a comment or something on your mind about Royal Caribbean in general, hey, this is your opportunity. Email me, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.